Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for September 4th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports. Everything sports betting, want to become part of the sports betting team, want some free horse racing picks, my five things from yesterday, me just generally bitching about Detroit sports and Michigan State sports. That is it right there. On Instagram, become part of the sports betting team at etop21sports underscore. For my fantasy football Instagram page at etop21sports underscore fantasy. For free horse racing picks on Instagram at etop21sports underscore horse underscore racing. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe it's Labor Day weekend? Can we believe it's September 4th? Can we believe the college football season is finally fucking here? Full blown. We believe we are less than a week away from a meaningful NFL game. Football's come around the corner, guys, and we here at ETOF 21 Sports are locked and loaded. Last night was a great night. We went 5-0 plus 12.98 UROI sweeping the board. Great way to start the week of college football. Can't wait for today's slate of games. Plays for the day have actually already been sent out. We're locked and loaded. We are ready to go. It is a great weekend of sports. We got college football, like I said, UFC, NASCAR. We got horse racing. Just a great weekend. Looking to make some money. Also, in terms of NFL, Gino announced it on his podcast that came out on Friday. I'm going to make the announcement here. Better Than Vegas It is a Twitter handle. They've been doing some work with Gino. They approached Gino about doing a live stream on NFL Sundays. Gino asked if I would be a part of that with him, and of course I said yes. I cannot wait for this opportunity to be coming at you every single Sunday talking NFL. Gino and I will be talking fantasy football. We'll be talking sports betting, going game by game, little tidbits. I cannot wait. This is such... A big opportunity for me. I thank Gino. Thank Better Than Vegas for having me on it. I cannot wait, guys. So, guys, please make sure you check that out. It's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern every single Sunday. Gino will tweet it out. I will tweet it out. I'll try to put it up on my Instagram page so you guys can check it out there. But, yeah, I am really looking forward to this. So, please make sure you check that out. We have our first show, actually, tomorrow, next Sunday. We'll be kind of giving it a little NFL preview going Division by division, talking about teams we like, teams we don't like, fantasy football players we like, bets we like, kind of stuff like that. Today, let's talk about today's show real quick. Great show today. Today we have Jason, a.k.a. Bully the Line from Twitter and Instagram coming on, talking about his new podcast, also talking about some college football. Then we have Shy from iSports coming on. Her and I are going to be talking a little NBA. And then last and certainly not in the least, my main man, Brando. Brando is going to be coming on. Him and I are going to be talking NASCAR for this week. And also a little juicy thing about Denny Hamlin that I really think you guys are going to find interesting. Great show today. Before we jump into all that, I do want to say this. We are all excited that NFL and college football are here. Let's not blow our load and lose all our money the first week of betting. Money management's the key, and that's what I'm here to help you guys do. I give you guys how much a unit should be for you. I tell you how many units to risk on a game and everything like that. Same thing goes for DFS. Guys, don't jump into the DFS, I'm going to win the million dollar thing. No, I've been saying it for years, and it was the best thing that I did. Jump in to the 50-50s. Do the 50-50s. That's how you make the money. I love playing the 50-50s. I'm going to keep doing that this year. Single entry 50-50 is the way to long-term success in DFS, and that's what it's all about. DFS sells you on the lotto ticket. I'm going to win a million dollars. What you don't know is those guys prey on the loser guys that live in their basement that brag about winning the million dollar entry but they entered it 50 to 100 times and they buddy up with their buddies so they're splitting it by a couple accounts guys it's just a pipe dream if you want to enter your best lineup one time that's fine but the majority of your money should be going into 50 50s if you're legitimately serious about making money doing dfs and if you guys want help in that 
please hit me up and I'm more than happy to help. Actually, I believe Gino and I on our podcast, or excuse me, our live stream, are going to be mentioning some guys that are good to put in your cash game lineups to build a fantasy football winner in DFS in a 50-50 lineup. Guys, like I said, we have a great show today, so let's jump right into it. So can we believe college football is finally here? Week zero was yesterday, excuse me, last week. Week one is today. And who else would I have? But I'm going to have Jason, a.k.a. Bully the Line from Twitter and Instagram to come on. We're going to talk a a little college football. Jason, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Can you believe college football is here, man? Dude, this summer has freaking flown by, man. I can't believe it's already here. I actually was at the game last night at ECU and App, so it's kind of good to have have some crowds, be be in a stadium again. So it was a pretty good feeling uh, going back to the stadium, so it was a good time. Oh, it's 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 great. I love even though I pushed my Minnesota bet on Thursday night, it was it was great just to have that kind of an atmosphere and kind of watch them yeah, again. Absolutely, man. It's a good time. Now, I caught your podcast on YouTube last week, which was great. Tons of good info. Guys, if you're not watching it, make sure you watch it. Jason always tweets it out. I've been retweeting it. Why don't you tell everyone about your podcast? when it comes out, and what is the format you guys follow on your show on a week-in and week-out basis? Yeah, kind of starting back up, uh, it's called the Strictly ATS Podcast. Basically, it's going to be pretty much running through everything, you know, gambling-wise, not just football, but other sports, too. We'll put that out on, you know, YouTube, uh, kind of doing that, you know, live, uh, basically every week through the football season, man. So basically, before all the kind of games start, I'll throw the episode out and uh, not trying to make it too long, you know, trying to get it to about under 45 minutes long and, uh, you know, not kind of go, you know, too long on those things. People lose interest. But, uh, yeah, just kind of do it every week to week, man, and hopefully make some money and make some money for the people that watch. So, Now, how did you get the uh, idea from the podcast? How long have you been doing it? Man, I actually started with some guys, uh, actually, um, a couple of years ago, but, uh, you know, they just kind of were on board, so I just needed to find someone who was kind of on board when it comes to, you know, social media, wants to kind of, you know, be on every single week. So I got my guy Shane, uh, uh, Bad Beat Pirate, you know, 420 on Twitter. That's, that's his handle. You can follow him there. And uh, he wanted to jump board. He was on, on board and ready to roll with him, man. So we're just going to run with it. Yeah, it's a great show, guys. Definitely check it out. I mean, I learned some stuff and. Definitely, if you're not listening and watching, you're missing out because it's a lot of good stuff. Um, I want to talk about the Pac-12 real quickly. I was a little worried at the beginning of the game on Thursday. Uh, One of the futures I locked in was the Utah Utes uh, to win the Pac-12 at plus 600. I really like the defensive line, their offensive line. I think it's the best in the conference. Where where do you think of the Utes this year? Them, um, you know, this season. So I, I, like, I like the USC Trojans again this year. 
Now, last year was a completely different year for college football with COVID restrictions, lack of fans in the stands, not really knowing injury reports. There'd be times like reports would come out Saturday 15 minutes before the game was going to kick off about guys not being on the healthy or tested positive for COVID and not being able to play. How is this year going to be different betting than last year was for you? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, last year, you know, you, you didn't have the crowds, so you didn't really have to really factor in, um, you know, like a home field advantage. Now we got packed stadiums, uh, so now you got to put in that home field advantage. And just like uh, like tonight's game, uh, UNC versus the Virginia Tech, uh, you know, recording this on a Friday night, got that game. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a packed stadium there. Huge home field advantage. You got to factor that in. This that's coming back around, so you got to factor that in this year. Also, Lane Stadium. This is the first year they're actually selling alcohol in the stadium. Not, not, not going to fit into the, into the bidding aspect of it. But maybe that got a little bit of a factor. Who knows? These the kids are already tailgating. Maybe get, maybe get a little more juice in the stadium. Now some of these stadiums are starting to sell alcohol for the first time. But who knows? I, I think the, I think the home field advantage is it, the home field advantage is definitely back now when it comes to betting. So you have to kind of put a factor into that. When I think back to how dumb I was in college. And I, they didn't sell alcohol back at um, games back then. And I can honestly say I was blitzed for every single college football game I went to. I mean, Jesus. I mean, that's that's insane, man. Thinking back then. Um, oh, no. Crazy. Now, one of the – we all have different rules when, when betting college and everything. One of the rules that I have is I never lay – three points or less in the road. Just I just never do it. Even if I like the team, I'll just throw it away. Just won't bet it. What is one of the betting rules that you have? Man, uh, you know, I actually like that rule that you said about the, the three on the road. I think that is like a, it's almost like a trap number, if you want to call it. Or uh, I think it was like, it's like a trap line, as they say. Uh, and that's for certain rules, man. I don't, I, I really don't know. I don't think I have one, man. I just kind of like look at that number and, it, it definitely does throw a red flag, but sometimes it's just like, you know what? Screw it, I'm going to take it anyways. <laughs> pay the, maybe you pay the price. But I, I do like your rule, man, of the, the three uh, on the road. I, I do like that rule. But as for other rules, man, I was, I was actually trying to think about that. I really couldn't come up with anything. And it's kind of different. Like, I was talking about my buddy about this, and, I mean, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but I can say, like, the kids that are betting today – and they're loading up their bonuses and their fan duel or, you know, whatever account, getting their rollover in bookmaker, whatever. They yeah. have no idea what it's like to get that call Monday morning or Sunday night, whenever your call was at the end of the end of the week, beginning of the week, from your bookie saying, Hey, <laughs> where do you want to meet and settle or where do you want to meet and um yep. get your money? And I had this guy in Chicago and I was telling this someone that comes on the podcast about this. I won't say their name. They're a little younger. They're just in college about how I would have to go down to Chinatown. I'm in Chicago. And this guy would text me an address. And he would be like, okay, meet me, meet me here. But it never was him. It always was someone different. And they'd come and they'd hand me a vanilla envelope. And I'm in the middle of Chinatown. There's no way in hell I'm going to be opening up this vanilla envelope to count the money. So here I am carrying money, a good a good amount to my car, which those of you that have been to Chinatown in Chicago, it's not that easy to find a parking spot there. I mean, it was just, those kids will never understand that stress level of just getting paid from your bookie with all, yeah, with uh, all the stuff going on now. It's completely yeah, a different world. Absolutely. Uh, the Tuesday, it was always Tuesday pickup day. Uh, for when I used to I used to work with one. It was always Tuesdays. They always let you have Monday for like the get out day because that's that's basically what they would do. You know, basically Monday night football was kind of like the get out day for a lot of people who lost money on Sunday. So it would always be Tuesday. Uh, was kind of like your that, that was always pick up day for me. It's just crazy. And then also on the flip side of that though, now if live betting is such a big thing, so. This week yep. we have a lot of games in quote unquote look at look ahead spots, and guys, I'm telling you, you can take a team that's a look ahead spot and try to get them in the fourth quarter when they're laying a big number, and then look to play against against them. Um, I'm a huge MSU guy. 
I'm contemplating if I want to make the trip to Evanston to watch the game tonight. My Spartans finally have moved on from Rocky Lombardi. Thank God that guy was obviously not the guy, but I still don't trust the offense. I hate Mel Tucker. Are my Spartans going to have a decent year this year, or is it going to be another long year for me watching college football on Saturdays? Hey, you got you to give uh, Mel Tucker a little break, you know, on your end, man. He came in, you know, he came in from Colorado. Um, uh, he came in, you know, spending a year in Colorado. He came, he came in a rough situation at Michigan State. You got to kind of, you know, kind of remember that. Um, is that he didn't have a spring team that time, uh, that year. And then also, he didn't even get to recruit a, a real freshman class. And then he had on COVID. So he's had it, you know, a little bit rough. I might want to be, uh, you know, be a little bit easy on him. But uh, I think tonight's a, a great spot. And he did, you know, uh, he did beat, you know, Northwestern last year. You know, with the, with this group of guys, so I think they could easily get a win, even you know here tonight. Uh, you know, Peyton Thorne, decent, really good. Uh, you know, quarterback, complete about sixty percent of his throws. Uh, so he definitely knows how to you know get. It. And he's also a local. He's actually uh, from the Naperville area. So he's Naperville area there in Illinois. So he's going back home. So he's you know he's going to want to you know show up tonight, man. I I really do like this. Uh, I, I like that. I, I really do like Michigan State tonight, but. It may be a rough year for you, man, moving forward. Just this year, but I think next year will be, you know, vastly improved, you know, for that team. D'Antoni did my boys. Like, don't get me wrong. What he did to that program, he turned it around the whole nine yards. And we were, like, made it to the the first year when they had that college football playoff, which was great. I actually flew down to Dallas. I was at the game when we got our asses kicked and down 35-0 to zero at halftime. But, um, yeah, he just... Stuff just derailed there. He burnt a bridge with the lead recruiter. Now he could just couldn't get the kids from Detroit and the Midwest to go there. I mean, it was just time for a change, man. Yeah. And you know, it's. I really feel that they panicked when the guy from Cincinnati, uh, Luke Frickle, declined the job. I feel they panicked and they just went with Mel Tucker. I really would. Yeah. I'm spacing, of course, I'm spacing on the coach's name, but I love the old timer from um, Wyoming, the guy that used to coach yeah. at uh, North Dakota State. That was the guy I was really hoping they'd go for, but I'm stuck with Mel. I don't know if it's because I just don't like him because I thought he was an awful defensive coordinator when he was here in Chicago or what, but we're stuck yeah. with Mel. Um, the big game of the weekend, one game is a popcorn game. We have Georgia versus Clemson. I have my bet in. I'll share it. I took Georgia plus the three and a half. I really like this team. I have a future on them to win it all. I tell me, is it a foolish bet? Are you on Clemson? How do you how do you feel this game playing out? No man. I mean, on paper, this team is. I mean, these two teams are pretty much even, man. Um, and the thing, I think one of the couple of the X factors is a the neutral field. Uh, you know, this guy's gonna be bright, playing in right my backyard here in Charlotte, man. So right down the street here. But uh, you know, JT Daniels, man, he can he can freaking score. He can throw the ball around. They they were when he came in as a you know as a QB, he was he was actually averaging um, over thirty two points per game. So this team, this Georgia team, knows how to score points, put points on the board, and then they've got a defense um, that other than they had two hiccups last year. Uh, they they uh, allowed uh, 41 to Alabama and 44 to Florida. And those are the two that, other than, other than those two games, their defense was all poor. And then you know, on the other side of it, you've got the new quarterback. Uh, I believe I'm, I'm probably going to screw his name up. DJ uh, Ukulele, I guess is his name. He's, I wouldn't say he's definitely a lot, a lot less experienced. A lot less experienced than Trevor Lawrence, who was there, but uh, he did put up some pretty big numbers against uh, when he played against like Notre Dame. He had over you know 300 yards passing versus Notre Dame. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go also with it, man. I'm gonna go with Georgia. I'm gonna take the three points. Give me the three points on a neutral field uh, against a little bit inexperienced quarterback, uh, and I'll take my chances. So I like Georgia. I I have a spot with them. Now, let me. I hate to put you on the spot. Because we didn't go over this in our pre-talk. Two uh, two questions. What is your bet of the day for the weekend? Man, I'm actually going tonight. I'm going to take uh, Charlotte plus the seven versus Duke. I am a Charlotte alum, so I think there's a little bias there. 
But um, I'll tell you that, you know, Will Healy has his bunch that are ready to play. They were hit big time by COVID last uh, last season. Like every game was getting canceled by COVID. Um, and so they're ready to hit it. They're ready to play. Uh, they got a number of D1 transfers coming in. Um, so I think it's going to be a good game. And then Duke on the other side, they got a, they're one of the most inexperienced teams in the ACC. And I like the seven, maybe sprinkle a little bit on that money line side. And I think Charlotte gets their first ever win versus a Power 5 team. I will tell you that I'm on the same exact side, my friend. I locked that one in a couple hours ago. I like I like uh, Charlotte too tonight. Um, que- next question: Who is in your college playoff for the priest? Obviously, we haven't seen anyone anyone play. There could be injuries, could be wrinkles. Right now, if the pl- who who do you who do you pick in to go to the playoffs? You know, right now, obviously Alabama is going to be in that mix, and I think. Um, even even if Clemson does lose, uh, you know, on Saturday, they're still going to run the table in the ACC. They will get in, and I do think, uh, and, I, and this, may, this may be one of the <laughs> lamest four, but obviously, also Ohio State will get in by three. And want to give, a, I want to get a sneaky one in, so I will go, uh, you know, USC. I think they win the back twelve, and I think I think that's going to be a fun conference to watch overall. Uh, so I'm going to go. That's probably going to go by four. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go, I want to just be completely out of left field here with mine. I want to go Georgia. Uh, yeah, I like those. I, I kind of gave like an ESPN four, which is kind of really late. But they always do. They, all they do is they play all the favorites. So that's why I just did that. I will go Oklahoma, Georgia. Um, I will go Oklahoma, Georgia. Uh... I got to be Alabama as much as I don't want to put him in there, and I will go. I'll go USC, and then I'll have Georgia over Oklahoma in the championship. That that's going to be mine. Uh, I like it. So you're so you're high on this Georgia team. Then. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really high okay. on this Georgia team. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I really think over the last couple years they were really limited in offense. I really think with JT Daniels under center, they're going to be able to sling the ball a little bit more. And be able to score points because defensively they've already been there. They just haven't been able to score enough to keep up with the Alabamas and whatnot. Um, also, quick NFL talk: since you are from the Charlotte area, I drafted Christian McCaffrey. I handcuffed him with the rookie from Oklahoma State, Shaga Hubbard. You guys signed Royce Freeman. Is Royce Freeman going to be the handcuff? Am I going to have to totally like? Make a make a uh, transaction before the start of my fantasy draft, or what's up with that Royce Freeman signing? No, I think that's I think it's a good move. I think you need to hang on to him, man. Uh, you never know, um, you know, ever know, especially with you know injuries and things. You know, even with you know McCaffrey, so it could you know come into a play there. Um, as well as I hang on to him, man. Now, it, are you are the Panthers your your squad? Uh, yeah, I share. I really don't have a team in the NFL, honestly. I just I kind of bet the line. But they're the hometown team, so I would cheer for them. It doesn't like break my heart if they lose or whatever the case. Uh, but I do cheer. I do cheer for them. Uh, so I, I guess I call that my team. Okay. Are you are you high on them this year or not? Not as high. Uh, it'll be interesting. This will be definitely an interesting year. Uh, I, I, hopefully, uh, you know, the offense can come around. You know, this year, you know, for the Panthers. But uh, you know, they got to go against the Bucks. Um, they, they like. So I, don't, I don't think they're going to beat them that in the, in the division, so I think it'll be a good year. I, I do, I do like them the week one versus the versus the Jets. I, I do like that four, uh, just because Darnold's going up against his, his old team, and I think he's going to want to make a statement. So I'm actually flying out to Vegas Thursday night. Going to be at the Circa, staying at Circa, doing the Super Contest. So uh, trying to get my five picks in for uh, Friday. And so definitely excited, man. I'm definitely excited to go to the circuit, hang out, hang by the pool, do some college football betting, and I'll be at the circuit all day, Sunday too as well. So that's awesome, man. Interested in that yet. That's awesome, man. Enjoy. I have never been to Las Vegas for a NFL Sunday. I I usually go there for Wild Card Weekend, which is a blast. Um, yeah. But I can I, only I mean, imagine. Good. I can only imagine how crazy it's going to be on a NFL Sunday. This is yeah. This is my first time going for NFL Sunday. I have been for March Madness, which was that was 
freaking fun as hell too. Uh, so I, this is my first time going for NFL Sunday as well. So I'll, I'll definitely have to check back in with you and give you a uh, little bit of uh, my analysis on the uh, NFL Sunday in Vegas. Awesome, my man. I look forward to it. Jason, why don't you tell everyone, A, where they can find your podcast and where they can find you on all your social media platforms? Yeah, you can check out the podcast on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, Bully the Line, and then you can always follow my plays on Twitter at Bully the Line, too, as well. So I do a lot of uh, team totals, man. I've been posting those lately. You've been been killing. You're doing insanely well on those, and you're posting them for free, man. So, guys, make sure you're giving them a follow on Twitter. He's posted free plays and he's produced winners. You can't argue with that. Yes, yeah, so hopefully I can keep up the good trend, man. So, uh, so yeah, hopefully I can keep it up. And uh, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, uh, Bully the Line Bet. You, you, you can check me out on Instagram too. I, I do a little bit of there. I need to pick that up. But I do a little, do a little bit of posting over there. So. Thank you for taking time out of your Friday to come on, talk a little college football. And uh, hopefully you and I can toast a beer after Charlotte shocks the world tonight, my friend. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Go Niners tonight, man. Thanks again uh, for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Also, keep up the good work, too. I'm definitely going to be checking out your new YouTube show, too, as well. Thanks, man. appreciate it. We'll talk soon, buddy. All right, man. Have a good one. So now we're going to shift our attention to the NBA, and we're going to have Shy from iSports coming on. We're going to talk a little NBA. Shy, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good, excited. You know, every day is closer to the start of the NBA season, and I have to admit, I'm I miss it a little bit. Oh, I miss it a lot, a whole lot, actually. I can't wait to start. Um, one of the big things going on is this whole Ben Simmons situation that he wants out of Philly. Uh, where do you see him ending up? You know, Ben Simmons—he's a special type of player. He's actually—he's a point forward, so. Uh... Well, I, I want to see him get traded to the Nets. I want them to trade Kyrie Irving to the 76ers. It could be it could be him and Joy and be and um, Ben Simmons can play the point, run the point um, with the Nets. I I think I like that big three: Ben Simmons, KD, and James Harden. I mean that'd be tough, cause, and then they wouldn't have the ball at his hands to close the game just because you have those others two. So that's a that's a good. That's a good little trade that I haven't heard anyone mention. That's pretty. Uh, that's a pretty yeah. interesting one. Um, yeah, and then Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving. I think that'll be that'll be pretty good. Now, you are huge. Like you feel completely different about Kyrie than I do. Um, yep. You think Kyrie and Embiid would be able to work together? Yeah. Oh, Ky- Kyrie won a champion. Well, hold on. Kyrie. Well, Kyrie played with LeBron yeah. in Cleveland. If you can play, if you can play with the superstar player um, in LeBron, um, I think you can play with anybody. So I, I do think that him, Kyrie Irving, and and B can coexist together and possibly contend for a championship in the East. Okay. Now your Lakers are making a ton of moves. They made one of the biggest moves I can remember on draft day, adding Westbrook. They signed Carmelo Anthony. What do you think of these moves, and are these moves that the Lakers doing enough for them to win a championship? I think they definitely come out the West easily, and I do think they um, beat the Nets in seven games. I think that with the leadership of um, Carmelo Anthony and um, Trevor Ariza, I do think that the addition of Westbrook was actually also really good. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people say that it was a bad move. They should have got Buddy from Sacramento. But when you bring Russ to play with LeBron and also to play with AD, then you have Dwight Howard, you have Wayne Ellison, Malik Monk. That was a very good move, Camilla Anthony. I do think that um, I think he's going to settle down a whole lot. And I do think that they, they'll coexist and play very well together. They also got the kid from Miami, um, Kendrick Nunn. I think that was kind of a sneaky little, uh, sneaky little yeah, good that, move, that was, too. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't really know too much about Kendrick Nunn because he was kind of in the backseat um, in Miami. But um, he's a great kid. He, he's, a, he's a great ball player, a great kid, so I'm excited to see that as well. Plus, he's young and he has energy, so he's going to be the one doing all the running when all those other guys are kind of, you know what I mean, taking taking series off on the offense. He can 
do the heavy lifting on those random Wednesday night games in a Charlotte or wherever. Um, yeah, him and, him and Malik Monk. Yeah. Like both of them. And it's going to be interesting to see Malik's kind of fizzled out. Like, he um, he came into the league and he just he just hasn't taken that a step at all. Like, I'm surprised he actually is still in the league, to be honest with you. He really hasn't done anything. He just needed a change of scenery. That's, that's all. Okay. Um, James Harding said that opponents should expect a scary two hours with him being healthy. What do you expect from a healthy James Harden last, next year? Okay, I'm just saying, I'm not a James Harden fan, but a James Harden is definitely one of the best sports that I've ever seen. So with him, James Harden, I do, I do think that definitely adds a lot of um, great value to the next team overall. So with him, James Harden, then they just signed LaMarcus Archer back, and they they also just traded um, DeAndre Jordan, which he probably was signed with the Lakers in the end. But um, I do think that with him, James Harden, I do, I do have a mix coming out of the East. I, I won't say easily because the Bucks are a better team um, this year. And also Miami as well. So I won't say easily, but I do think they come out the East. Yeah, they definitely have to be the favorite. I, I really think all the basketball that Middleton and Holiday have been playing is eventually going to catch up with those guys right during the playoff run. It's going to be interesting to see how Coach Bud can manage resting those guys during the regular season. Yep. Um, One of the interesting stories that came out and I found this one kind of funny were was the Cavs were looking to buy out Kevin Love now he has 60 million dollars left now usually why someone will take a buyout is they want to chase a ring well he already has his ring with LeBron there's no way he's going to walk away from 60 million dollars because he knows he can't get that much money on the open market he'd be lucky to even get 30 million dollars to be honest with you um with that being said, like, what do the Cavs do? Like, they can't really trade him. They they just let Love sit there and collect sixty million dollars for two years. What what do you think is going to happen with Kevin Love? Yeah, I, well, a report came out like what about a week ago, a few days ago, that his agent and Kevin Love they they were not looking to be bought out by the Cavs. I don't, I don't think they're about by um by him. I think they just pretty much let him let him come play and make that sixty million. I mean, it's just insane. Like, he has Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton, who's a young, immature kid who has well, been in mm-hmm. a league for a cup of tea, in his face mm-hmm. yelling at him. I mean, I how Kevin Love has acted his last couple years in Cleveland is what I'm going to remember him for, not what he did in Minnesota, not winning the ship with LeBron, which is oh, kind wow. of sad. Oh, so, wow. So, so with you, it's all about what have you done for me lately? Well, I mean, it's kind of... You're a professional, you know, and that really, what, I don't know, you're you're played to play, play the game with class, play the game with professionalism, and kind of lead the kids that are underneath you. That whole situation in Toronto when he got mad about a foul not being called, and it was inbounded, and he inbounded the ball, but he just kind of threw it right to the guy in Toronto, and Toronto would score, and Colin Saxton got in his face. He's like, dude, what are you doing? And the, yep. like he's um, saying how much he wants to play in Portland. He's reportedly not really doing the workouts, not doing the practices. You know, saying he's hurt. It's the lack of professionalism that is getting to me. Yeah. You know, and that that's what I have the issue for, and that's you know what I'm going to remember for him. And I, yeah, you know what? Actually, think about I am. What have you done? for me lately type of person. That's just kind of my personality. You, you are. <laughs> um, you are. I, that, that, that's what I am. Um, another, speaking of the Cavs, which is kind of weird, we're talking about the Cavs so much. One of the weird things they did was they traded for Lori Marketing. So they're going to have him yes. play the small forward. So that means their front line is going to be Jarrett Allen Evan Mobley and Marketing playing the three, who I don't think athletically can keep up with the other threes in the league, which is going to be a defensive nightmare. What the flying hell are the Cavaliers doing? I have no idea. Zero idea, actually. It's like they just have no plan. I They were rumored to trade um, Saxton, like who we were just talking about. That fell yep. through or whatever. 
Saxon and Garland to me are basically the same player. So I just I don't know. I just don't know what they're doing. And then you now have the worst defensive front court in the NBA. I just don't think there's any plan from leadership and they're just back to the recycle, back to the um yep. same thing over and over and over again. One of my I agree. one of my favorite players in the NBA was Klay Thompson. Broke my heart when he went down in the NBA Finals. Broke my heart yep. again when he was rehabbing and hurt his knee yet again. The Warriors are targeting a Christmas Day return for Clay Thompson. What do you expect from Clay this year? Um, post two injuries, two years. How, how, how old is Clay now? Um, uh, well, he's like he, he's thirty-one. He's, yeah. he's still rather young, but. I know with those injuries, those two injuries that he did have, they both were, you know, they both were kind of tough. It, it, it wasn't, neither one of them was minor. They both were major. But I do think that he'll come back. I do, well, I would say I think that he will lose a step that he had prior to the injuries. But I do think that he'll come in still shooting. I'm I'm not sure if he'll still be that decent. I do think that he would add value to the team and make the Warriors a better team and possibly um, make the playoffs. I, I know they won't um, go to the finals. They're, they're just not built that, that way right now to me. And there's also a lot of other great teams in the West. So I do think he'll come back. They'll be a better team. And they'll make the playoffs. Maybe like the fifth, fifth seed. So they'll, be in, so they'll be in the playoffs but they will avoid the play-in game, which is kind of big for them. Kind of big. Oh, yeah. 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 They'll avoid the play-in game. Um, I I think the only – well, the Lakers, of course, to me, are better than them. You still have Phoenix, Mm -hmm. Denver, Utah. And then you – yeah, I mean, I think the West is a little wide open. Yeah, I think the West – and you have the Clippers, but guy only knows what they're going to look like with no – no Kawhi. So the West is going to be a little interesting this year. Um, yep. Now, it's always fun because there's always going to be a team that makes the playoffs that was shit last year and a team that was good. Case in point, Toronto that looks like dog shit the next year. What team that didn't make the playoffs last year do you think will make the playoffs this year? The Bulls. Yeah. With the addition of um, DeRozan and also Alonzo Ball, he has that Levine, Kobe White. Yeah, the Bulls. Yeah, it was kind of interesting what they did. They had a good offseason, and I think they should be able to make the playoffs in the East. Winning of round, I don't think they'll be able to do that, but I got, definitely think they could make the playoffs. And I'm, yeah. in, I'm in the Chicagoland area, and it's kind of it's kind of weird, like, it's been so long, like Cubs and Blackhawks. Now it's like everyone's rocking the White Sox jerseys. Yep. People are rocking mm-hmm. the Justin Fields jerseys. I've seen a couple of DeMarco, DeMarcus Rosen jerseys. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool to kind of see everything in that little circle of the sporting lives. Um, yeah, I love it. Another big story is this whole Rachel Nichols situation. So the first thing is, Let's address the big elephant. Are her, were her, are her, are they, are, excuse me, are Rachel Nichols and Jimmy Butler hooking up? Did they hook up in the bubble? What is that like? Like Jimmy Butler. Oh, you didn't hear about this? No. Oh, so this, so Jimmy Butt, someone knocked on his door at the um, hotel during the NBA bubble. And he answered the door, and he had a robe on. That was it. And he was sweating profusely. And someone asked, what was all the noise in his room? And he said he was dribbling a basketball. Wow. And if you've watched the interview between him and Rachel Nichols when the whole Minnesota Timberwolves situation was going down... That sexual tension between those two, you can cut with a knife. I mean, so I thought you knew that story. No, I did not. It's wild. It's it's crazy. So she obviously is no more at ESPN. The first question, I would, 
hated that show, The Jump. I'll be the first to admit it. Did you ever watch the the show, The Jump? Yes. Okay. Now, do you think? What do you think about this whole situation with her not being there anymore? Um, I would say that. Being being a female, I'm gonna just say it's tough because it's already hard out in the sports industry being a female. And she had a pretty big job, but it just it's certain things being on that platform that you can't say and do, no matter where you are. And I hate that she, I hate that everything happened that way it happened. But I kind of agree with the move. I agree with the move too, but I think ESPN dropped the ball. I think they should have pulled the trigger and did the move right away because yeah. they lost Taylor. Taylor's at NBC now. She's doing stuff for NBC. Yep. She was there anchoring the Olymp- Olympics, and she did a knockout job. Um, yep. So now they really don't have a lead for their NBA, and, and, and ESPN is heavily invested in the NBA. I mean, so I don't even know who's going to anchor the NBA desk. I, um, my suggestion, I like Cassidy Hubbard. I really like her work and that would be my first choice because I think she could control the room and I think she has good NBA knowledge and can kind of, um, read the situations, control the room and kind of, how can I say this? All those guys have huge egos. I think with her personality, that she would be able to manage the egos and carry the show, kind of like how Ernie Johnson is able to do that with the TNT crew. Okay. Um, now, how would that happen? I'll be, I'll be waiting to see. Uh, it's going to be interesting because ESPN is heavily invested in the NBA. I mean, they're, they have deep ties yep. to that. Um, so my Milwaukee Bucks obviously won the NBA title. I need to ask you about them and the Phoenix Suns. We'll start out with the Suns since they were the runners up. Obviously, knockout season kind of came out of the blue to make the finals, losing six games. What do you expect of the Suns next year? Do you think they can make it back to the finals? Do you think they can win a ship? What What do you expect of them? Um, last year, not being biased, I'm like saying. I'm not being biased. I do think that if the Lakers was a, was a, um, healthy, a healthier team, I think the Lakers could have beat them. And um, probably five games or maybe six. Um, I don't – of course, that they're not making it to the finals next year because I had the Lakers make it to the finals in the West. But I do have them going deep in the West. I think I think they – I know for sure they can beat um, Utah. They can be Denver, they can be the Clippers, they can be um, Golden State, they can be the Trailblazers as well. So I do have them going deep. They may meet the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Now, the important thing to remember with the Phoenix Sun Suns is they beat your Lakers squad when AD mm-hmm. wasn't healthy. They beat mm-hmm. the Nuggets with no Jamal Murray. They beat mm-hmm. the Clippers with no Kawhi Leonard. And mm-hmm. then they lost to the Bucks, who I mean they're only they were only without Dante Divacin Dante DiVincenzo. So yep. you can kind of say like everyone gives the Bucks, oh, this really isn't a championship because the Nets didn't have Kyrie and didn't have Harden. But you can kind of make the same argument about the Suns kind of got lucky to be there based on who um, who they played against. Now, I agree. My, my Bucks, I mean, shocking the world, coming back from 0-2, Bucks in 6. Oh, my God. I was on cloud nine when they won. <laughs> now, they had a little bit of turnover in the roster. I think they've added some good pieces. I like you know, bring in your relative Rodney Hood. What do you think of the Bucks this season and where do you have them in the East and where do you think they're going to end up in the playoffs and everything? I think they'll play the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. Last year, um, during the finals, 
Giannis finally figured it out. Can't nobody stop him. And when he figured it out, he turned into a player that I've never seen before. And because they still have Giannis, still young, um, like you said, they did add Rodney. That's actually a really good, great rotational piece, somebody who can shoot. They lost um, P.J. Tucker. Um, who, who else did they lose? They, I know they, they lost P.J. Who else? I mean, they only they only lost P.J. Tucker and uh, Forbes. Right. So, yeah. They'll go back. They, might not, they may not be... It's going to be tough between the Nets and the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I really think the East... I think this is the first time in a long time you can say the East is actually a much deeper Pretty conference good. than the Western Conference. So, Shy. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your Friday. Come on, talk a little NBA. Hopefully you can come on every couple weeks or so and we can just kind of get a little update about what's uh, going on in the association preparing for the season. Absolutely. Um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram and also YouTube and at Facebook as well at iSportsEYEZSPORTZ. Awesome. Guys, make sure you're giving it a follow. Thanks for coming on, and we will talk soon. So now we're going to shift our attention to NASCAR. This week is the first week of the NASCAR playoffs. So as he's been here throughout the whole season, Brandon, let's welcome Brandon to the show. Brandon, how are you doing today? Doing good. How about yourself? No complaints, man. No complaints. Before we jump into NASCAR, you being a Boston guy, you run in the Off the Post Boston uh fan page let me ask you how you feel about the whole cam newton mac jones what's going on with the patriots quarterback situation to be completely honest i've been in north carolina for about 14 years now i've never been a cam newton fan in general um but going into this season i was kind of hoping bill would do what he always does and sit the rookie he's never been known to play rookies on a consistent basis uh but I find it weird. I, I'm torn because part of me thinks it's got something to do with the vaccination issue. Part of me thinks it doesn't. They keep bringing it up. Bill's shutting it down. But we all know Bill doesn't speak of anything, period. Um, what I saw from Mac in preseason, I was very pleased with. But if we're going to be a realist, what you see in preseason is not always what you're going to see in, in the real game. But i uh, excited to see Mac start and... Uh, We'll see what he does. Uh, Mac over Cam. It should be it definitely something that was interesting. Uh, so now let's jump into the NASCAR. You know, we have this upcoming Darlington race. But there was some big news off the track. Denny Hamlin's, I don't know what you want to call her, baby mama, girlfriend, tweeted out some interesting stuff, basically saying that she and her children deserve better. I can't believe I thought you would change. I've been quiet too long. Hopefully everyone will see what type of person you are. The tweets have since been deleted and her IG has become private. You're in the know, man. Tell me what exactly is going on here. Okay, so for a while now, this goes back years ago, him and Jordan have been together for a while. Uh, They had the first baby girl together. And then he was 100%. You can try and look it up now, but you're not going to find it per my source, which is 100% accurate. He was on SugarDaddy.com, which is basically a dating website that men, older men with a lot of money have, look for girls that are looking for a sugar daddy. He was on it. Uh, Whether he's still there or not, that's irrelevant because he was. They kind of had a little bit of tiff. They separated. She had come back recently, and there wasn't a whole lot of them together, but there's a little bit of posts on Instagram where you can kind of see him and then you can see her on the same page. Um, a friend of mine, I'm not going to give a position on his crew. Uh, a friend of mine works closely with him. And recently he has had as many as three side chicks. So what I'm assuming is Jordan has finally had enough of it, have found out about him whether they're in agreements before, they're not in agreements now. And she basically put him on blast. And I don't blame her to an extent because he has gotten away with a lot off off the track. But uh, good for her calling him out. Um, 
bad for her. She is willing to accept it for a while, but then all of a sudden backtrack because if you're willing to open up that door in the first place, you can't go back on it if you don't like it. But it'll be interesting to see if this rubs off on him on the track or if he's questioned about it or if the media says anything. and see if it gets into his head. So that brings me to one question I was going to ask you. Right now I'm looking at the odds. These are the odds posted on DraftKings. He's currently at seven to one. Do you think he's worth it with his inconsistencies, not being able to win a race this year and the drama off the court? No. Um, as much as I think he's going to be competitive and he's definitely going to make it a few rounds of the playoffs, I'm good with. But uh, him actually winning the first round, the first playoff race, I don't see it happening. To your point, he's been consistent. But he has not been consistently winning because he is, he is still winless going into the playoffs. So I am uh, I am not putting my money on Denny Hamlin. Now the three betting favorites of this race are Larson at plus three hundred, Truex at plus five hundred, Bush at plus six hundred. Um, should it be safer to assume we should just tackle one of these guys and then just roll with it because you obviously can't do all three. No, um, if I'm tackling one, guys, you've heard me all season. I'm a Chase Elliott fan. I will 100% take my heart out of this, and I will go with Chase Elliott. He was going to win the race uh, three races ago, I believe it was. Kyle, he had the freshest tires, was going to pass Denny with, God, five to go. Kyle Busch made a bad move. That's when Chase did the one-finger salute. Um, but he hands down had that race won, and then he hands down had another race won until him and Truex got into it. So I am 100% in on Chase without any heart going into it. If I had to pick those three drivers, I'm taking Chase at 8-1 to one on Bovada. What is he on DraftKings? Plus 850. Okay, yeah. 100% in. That is my heavy favorite. There's not a huge ROI, but still a decent amount. So I'm all in on Chase. I like Kyle Busch. Like, he was leading after 22 laps of the last Daytona race. He spun out with a tire issue. Then he rallied to finish second. I think I with that and the speed factors of the last race, I'm I'm going to get invested in him at plus 6-1. to one. Hopefully I can find a better line in the, in the next couple days before the race. But, yeah, at plus 6-1, to one, I'm definitely looking to get in on that. Um Going down the line a little bit, uh, the next driver I want to touch on is Kevin Harvick. Season's obviously been a disappointment, but somehow he's in the playoffs. Average finish at 3.71. Two wins, five top fives in his last six races here. He's currently trading at 10 to 1, but with his inconsistencies this year, it's kind of tough to trust him, no? Yeah, no, I'm not. I still can't jump on the Harvick wagon. Um, I hope it bites me in the ass at some point because I'd love to see the guy get something, but I feel like he's finally fallen in to the Jimmy Johnson. I'm getting old for whatever reason. I can't win a race. Uh, it has nothing to do with Stanima. It has, it's like, uh, I'm so shocked on why he can't win a race, but don't forget the final year or two of Jimmy Johnson, he wasn't able to do anything either. So I just feel these guys do get to a certain age and what, for whatever reason, they can't pull off a victory. I don't know if it's because of these young kids coming in with just more talent. I, I don't know what it is. And I wish I could put a finger on it, but um, I'm 100% staying away from Kevin Harvick. Now, I, I can't do it. Someone I'm finding very interesting is Brad Kozlowski this week. In his six races here, one win, three top fives. He's at plus 1,800 and Bovada. At that price, with a good history at the track, I'm Brad's going to be on my betting card. Yes, um, and we didn't even talk before this like we normally do, but Brad will also be in my card as well. Um, he's always in the mix in the playoffs. He's a guy that can kind of be consistently good, but at the same time quiet during the regular season. But he finds himself in a winning spot in the playoffs. So when you can grab a guy like him at 18-1, to 1, I would jump on it. He's 18-1 to 1 on DraftKings. To show you how much Bovada loves him, he's 12-1. to 1. So I do like him as well. Now, one of the bets, which is quickly becoming one of my favorite bets, is the top 20 bet. As soon as these come out, you guys have to jump on them on DraftKings. I locked in Chase Briscoe at 
plus 160 to finish top 20. How do you feel about Briscoe's chances just to be in the top 20 this year? I love it. The kid's been good, really good in the Xfinity series. Um, really good in the Xfinity series at that track. Um, he has shown really good speed in the cup car, being how young he is, new and new into the cup series. But uh, I do like him at that top 20. Solid. What would you say you grabbed him at? Uh, plus 160 for a top 20, which I think is great. Yes, I, I love that, guys. And that's a good way that if you drop drop the hammer on some of the favorites and it doesn't pan out for you, there's a good way of getting your money back right there. Now, let's just kind of run through the guys that are in the playoffs now, and we can kind of talk about if you see if you like anybody. Uh, Byron at plus 1,200. Byron at plus 1,200. He's been in the mix. He's been a guy that I haven't really focused on, but he's been consistently good. Um, if you're going to hit somebody like Chase, you're going to hit somebody like Kyle Busch, and then you're going to grab a Keselowski, I don't know if I'd also grab a Byron at 12. I'd probably reach a little further. But um, I do see Byron being in the mix. He's young. He's ready to go. And let's be honest, all of these Hendricks cars, between Larson, Chase, Bowman, Byron, they've all been consistently good all year. And there's no reason that should change because they're entering the playoffs. Now, what about Joey Logano at 15-1? to 1? Joey will be in the mix. Um, he hasn't really shown he hasn't really shown me anything special that makes me want to jump on him. Um, and there's a, my neighbor's dog's barking, so forgive me, guys. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not on him. I, I can't do it. Uh, he's kind of in the Harvick mix, where I'm just kind of torn to where he hasn't, hasn't done anything. What about one of the surprises of the racing season, Alex Bowman at eighteen to one? I do like that. Um, we we hit Bowman earlier this season at a long shot. And he just seems to be there when you don't expect him. So this isn't necessarily a track that he's he's really good at, but he's also a Hendrick car, and I don't see why he wouldn't be in the mix. Um, Ryan Blaney, who has won the last two races back to back, is currently at twenty to one. How do you feel about Blaney? I would grab Blaney. I'm not going to say he's going to win the race, guys, but I would grab Blaney because he is carrying the most momentum out of any driver going into the playoffs. For him to have three wins this season and then grab back-to-back right before the playoffs, um, I would 100% throw him on your card. The odds you can't beat, the ROI is great, and as long as he stays out of trouble, he will be available to get, get, get you guys some money at the end of it. Uh Kurt Busch at 28 to 1. If you're doing the sprinkle system, I'm good with it. Um, Kurt's got a new ride. He will be Bubba's teammate next year. Um, so he doesn't have that weighing on his shoulders. But I think the guy definitely wants to make a deep run into the playoffs just to end on a high note with his current team. Um, so if you're going to do Blaney, I wouldn't do Kurt. But if you're going to do Kurt, I wouldn't do Blaney. So if you're going to sprinkle, I, I'd kind of leave it light there and pick one or the other but I think both of them will 100% be in the mix going into the end of the race. Now, both Bell and Riddick are at 30-1. to 1. I love Bell. I like Bell a lot. He is the young guy that has made the playoffs, that has been just quiet all season, consistent finishes. I like him a lot. Now, what about Elmarillo at plus 6,000? No, there's no way. He, he got into the playoffs with a win at New Hampshire. I'll, I'll give him that. But this track, guys, it's ruthless. you got to run against the wall. Um, that's why Larson is the favorite, because he is a wall rider. I'm not touching Larson because there's not enough ROI on him. If you're going to bet Larson, you bet Larson and Larson only. Um, but I don't. this is not an Almirola track. I wouldn't be surprised if Almirola is out of his car halfway through the race. It is a very, very, very long, grueling race. But uh, Almirola will be one of my fates. Now, is there anyone who didn't make it in that you think could make some noise here in the um, in the race and win it? Or is, it, is this just kind of, you know, we're going with the people that are racing for something and just kind of 
looking to make money other ways with the guys not in the playoffs? So I know 100% NASCAR is not rigged, but one thing that you guys are going to notice going into these playoffs, it happens every single year. The top 16 are usually running in the top 20 on a consistent basis unless something happens. Um, Besides Chase Briscoe being out there, uh, outside of the top 16 that we talked about earlier, I don't see anybody because you'd be digging. You'd be digging for Ryan Newman. You'd be digging for a Bubba Wallace, a Chris Busher, a Matty D, um, Austin Dillon, who just barely didn't make it. You'd really be reaching. So I do. I will say, moving forward throughout the rest of the playoffs, I am going to be betting on the guys that are in the playoffs. Because once you're out of the playoffs, you're still racing. Uh, you're still racing money, sponsorship, a job next year, all of the above. But for whatever reason. Usually the guys winning these races are guys that are in the playoffs. Now, let's go to the uh, group stage here. Group A, we got Truex, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott. Who do you like in that? Group B, we have Byron, Bowman, Logano, Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Group C, Redick, Dylan, Bell, uh, Matty D. Redick, Dylan, Bell, Matty D. I'm going to roll with Reddick in that group. Group D, Almirillo, Chastain, Stenhouse, Busher. Chastain, because I don't think Almirillo is going to finish the race. Group E, Suarez, Bubba, Jones, Cluster. Bubba, Jones. I would go Cluster. Group F, Briscoe, Michael McDowell, Ryan Newman, Corey LaJoy. Briscoe, my oh Br- Briscoe, hands down. And out of all the groups, that's the one I like the best. I completely McDowell's at two hundred to one to win the race. I completely forgot he was in the playoffs, um, which is kind of crazy. Let's some top twenties. Um, how about my boy Lejoy? I made a little cheddar on Lejoy top twenty the last couple weeks at plus four hundred. Anything there? Uh, if he survives, that's that's the way you've been hitting those. Corey Lejoy is the driver. That as long as he doesn't wreck, he'll get a top 20. But the chances that they... What sucks is when you ride the... When it's a wall track like this, if the guy in front of you hits the wall, you have no time to react. So I I wouldn't put money on LaJoy this week for a top 20. I'd hold it off for a week just due to the track and the style of driving. So uh, no, I'm not, I'm not touching that this week. Here's an interesting prop bet. Top Ford. Harvick plus two twenty, Logano plus three fifty, Kozlowski plus four twenty five, Blaney plus five hundred. I like the Kozlowski and the Blaney. Now but I wouldn't do them both. I'd only grab one of them, but I, I like those. Would you do more Kozlowski top Ford, or would you do Kozlowski to win the race? Because obviously you don't want to do both. I would do Kozlowski top four because I really think with Chase starting fourth. And guys, if I'm wrong, light me up on Instagram. But it's just the way he's been performing at Darlington the last few races, I can't steer away from him. That's why as a a fan, I am pumped going into this weekend. I'm like, thank God Darlington is the first race. He's been dominant at the track. One thing that is really cool, quick off subject, but he is racing an autism car this weekend. You guys got to check it out. It's all the puzzle pieces. And every one of his sponsors was hand-drawn by a kid with autism. So it's not just a sponsor logo. It was hand-drawn sponsor logo by a kid with autism. The car looks fantastic. Now, top Toyota. Um, With the top Toyota, we are looking at Truex plus 150, Kyle Busch plus 190, Denny Hamlin plus 230. Christopher Bell, 12-1 to 1 for the top Toyota. I mean, you can risk the 12-1 to 1 just to try and get a good ROI, but I'd be heavy on Truex. So, now, mind you guys, I need you to watch tomorrow's Xfinity race because Denny Hamlin is running in the Xfinity race tomorrow. So before you lock in any of these picks, I would see how he does in tomorrow's Xfinity race. 
and lean on that a little bit to help you bet come Sunday night. So right now, looking at my betting card, I'm going to have Kyle Busch at six to one. I think you basically have talked me into Chase Elliott at eight and a half to one. Um, Kozlowski eighteen to one, and I will do Briscoe. I already locked in a top twenty at plus one sixty. What does your bet card look like? We have the same exact betting card. The only long shot that I will do just because of the odds. Ross Chastain has been good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, and has had a couple opportunities to win races. I'm gonna do a dark horse of Ross Chastain at 150 to one. Oh wow! So you're swinging for the fences. Hey, if you throw correct. A quick... Now we got this. We got the same card, but. <laughs> He's been in the mix. Me and you talked about him on a weekly basis for like six weeks in a row. And it would have to be some sort of weird strategy, fuel, other guys get wrecked out. It would have to be awkward. But I would sprinkle just a little bit on 150 to 1 for a uh, huge return. I mean, yeah, if you could throw a quarter unit on it and get 150 to 1, that is absolutely huge. Brandon, I would like to thank you for taking time out of your Friday night, coming on, talking a little NASCAR you've done each and every week. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? Off the post, Boston Sports for all your Boston sports needs. Other than that, if you enjoy racing, twitch.tv slash bostonboy83 for iRacing. We've had a blast. We uh, we just won a road course race for the first time ever because uh, I've been horrible at them against Carson Latsevich, who is actually a pro driver who was born and raised at the Canadian road course track. And uh, that was a lot of fun. So things are looking up on the simulator. BostonBoy83 on Instagram. Give me a follow. And uh, love to have you guys on board. Awesome, dude. Guys, definitely check Brandon out. He's been coming in week in and week out producing winners. And we almost, almost had our third in a row because I'm not going to lie. When Busher was leading, when they did that restart, and we what do we have at 47 to 1? I thought we yep, had the trip. we had... Then we had Suarez, who was running third, who ended up getting turned. We had Suarez at like 80-1. to 1. I mean, so hopefully we can uh, get hot, stay hot, and produce another winder. Brandon, until next week, my friend. Have a good one, bud. That's it for today's show, guys. I'd like to thank my guests, Jason, a.k.a. Bully the Lion, for coming on, talking college football. I also would like to thank Shy from Eyes on Sports coming on, talking a little NBA. And lastly, I'd like to thank my main man, Brandon, for coming on, talking some NASCAR, telling an insane Denley Hanlon story. So, guys, let's cash some tickets. Let's have a good, safe holiday weekend. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow on the live stream with Gino for NFL. And I'll be back here next week. Be safe, have fun, and let's cash some tickets, boys.